0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast. This is Daniel Cho, the Managing Director of Pathways to Wholeness Lifestyle Medicine. And I'm here at the, our North York Lifestyle Medicine Clinic in Toronto, Canada. I'm joined by Dr. George Cho, our Medical Director. And in this episode, we're going to talk, continue talking about uh, our series on obesity, excess weight, and uh, weight loss. In our previous episode, we talked about weight cycling and yo-yo dieting and why that happens and why that's not, uh, that's not so good for us. And uh, in this episode, we're going to start talking about a lifestyle medicine approach to addressing obesity and excess weight. You know, lifestyle medicine is, is so amazing because it really emphasizes how you can take control of your own health and make lifestyle changes to uh, prevent disease, also to manage disease. Um, In a way that works for you So that's what we're going to talk about today And in this episode we're going to Specifically focus on eating What is the best diet That you can eat to manage your weight So for starters Let's first talk about extreme diets So Dr. Cho, can you share with us What are some of the most extreme diets That you've come across um, That are out there And that people are trying There's a whole array of diets um, Some more extreme than others Uh, I remember when I was uh, an intern at clinic, when I was a student, fourth-year senior intern, and the very first patient I was assigned to uh, uh, was on a diet. She was on a weight loss program, and the diet was the HCG diet, Mm. something that we mentioned in the previous episode. Right. Can you remind us? Yeah, so HCG stands for human chorionic gonadotropin. Uh, This is a hormone that is... Um, important for pregnancy Mm -hmm. but it it also happens to suppress appetite Mm. like so scientists they discovered this and now they've put it into a weight loss program and so pretty much you go on 500 calories per day for several weeks I believe and then you also take a few drops of HCG and that's supposed to help suppress your appetite Mm. and of course the 500 calories per day is supposed to help you lose weight uh, which people do Mm. but then of course like we talked about in the last episode they'll often regain it back again and this was this lady's story mm. that she was having she was struggling uh, with with uh, with her weight on this program there's other other types of diets like the uh like like juicing diets you know you go on carrot juice or you right. go on cabbage juice or grape right. juice or something like that you right. just drink juice right they call it a juice fast sometimes, juice fasting right? yeah. juice diet yeah but clearly this is not very uh, very sustainable. Right. Some people go on what is called the blood-type blood diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's quite common I, as far as I'm aware. Um, and this pretty much you're matching different types of food based on the type of blood you have. Mm-hmm. Right? And then there's the raw food diet, uh, which is something that people can try and they'll just eat raw food, which I think is not too, too bad, but uh, it doesn't seem very sustainable. I think most of us can probably use a little bit more raw food in our diet, but it doesn't seem very sustainable to go on a fully raw food diet, at least for most people. Yeah. might not be uh, palatable enough, I would guess. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Then, of course, there's other funny diets, like the werewolf diet, where you match your food to the the lunar cycle, and there's a cookie diet where you just eat cookies and... Mm. Things like that, so that, of course those are just uh funky diets that we really shouldn't get involved in, yeah, but yeah there's so there's such a large array of diets that people get can get into a lot of them, but you just often there's a commonality you restrict your calories very severely, mm-hmm. uh you very limit the types of food like very very you very limit them uh, a, a lot, yeah, um things like that, which doesn't seem very uh doesn't seem like a lifestyle to me. Mm-hmm. Which, which I think is why these things are so notorious for failure. Right, right. Right? And it's, it's unfortunate that people get sucked into these things. I there's another patient that we had uh, and she had, she had weight issues and she kept this from her husband, but she was secretly using thousands of dollars secretly to try to do these different weight loss programs. Mm-hmm. All met with failure. So when you hear stories like that, it's really really sad. How how did she hide it from her, from I, her husband? I it wouldn't. I, I don't know. I didn't <laughs> okay. ask. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's her story, and mm. she came when she came to clinic. She, she was clearly overweight. So yeah. and years of trying all these diets, she tried the HCG diet, she tried this diet and that diet, all with failure. Right. Now, do you think that maybe this. The plethora of different approaches and diets is an indicator of how of how uh, people are really struggling out there, and that people are really I mean, grasping at you know at straws and try to try whatever they can. Um, maybe this just shows us how big of an issue this really is. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah yeah, yeah there's something to that for sure, and people are capitalizing the uh, the business people. They're capitalizing on this to, right. to make some money. Like in, in our previous episode, we talked about these other programs where you have to buy packaged foods, yep. or you have to, or these programs where you have to keep going into the doctor's office or the clinic, the weight loss program office, and you're paying each time. So imagine every week. I'm not sure yep. how much they pay, but it's probably not cheap. Yep. and the so it's it expensive. Up, the expenses build up. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about a lifestyle medicine approach to uh, to obesity obesity and excess weight. So. Tell us, what should we be eating that will help us, that will promote healthy weight? Number one, uh, we need to look at the major contributors to obesity and determine what those are and then try, then try to address those first. Uh, when we look at uh, obesity and the global nature of it right now, the, 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 literally the epidemic scale with which it has grown, uh, we know that this hasn't been always the case. Right. It's been, what, the last maybe three, four, five decades? Yes, around there. Right, yeah. where obesity has really taken off. Yeah. Clearly then, it can't be our genes. I mean, the uh, quote-unquote fat gene, whatever gene, it doesn't just switch on in a, in a generation. Right. It makes millions of people all of a sudden overweight. And our genes don't change that fast. No, exactly. Really? So that's even though Gen X does have a, have a role to play, but clearly that's not... The, that's not the answer right so then we have to ask ourselves what what has changed then in the past five four three decades and one of those things is processed food mm-hmm. energy dense so ca- lots of calories yet nutritionally deficient food that comes in packages and uh, that are very easy to overconsume. This is one of the things that's been added to our food, food supply globally uh, that has, that has uh, been added and that correlates with the rise uh, with obesity. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, these foods are very high in calories, extremely tasty, so it's easy to overconsume, mm-hmm. right. at the same time nutritionally deficient. And when we look at obesity today, we have to place our finger first on processed food, and so for our listeners, if we are serious about weight loss, we have to be extremely serious about severely, and I use that word purposely, severely limiting the amount of processed food that we consume. Mm. Yeah, let's uh, let's look at some examples. Then, let's take a granola bar, okay. your typical strawberry granola bar it might have about what 120 calories or so that's equivalent to 20 strawberries Mm. just raw strawberries now i want to ask uh you and just just our listeners just think about this how many of those 120 calories in those granola bars how many granola bars can you eat easily you can eat two three two three yeah right Mm -hmm. but how many of us can eat 20 strawberries in one sitting Many of us could, but we'd be pretty full afterwards. Right, right. right. See, so this is the difference, right? 20 strawberries uh, compared to one granola bar, g- completely different. Very hard to overeat on raw strawberries. Very easy to overeat on just the granola bar. Let's take orange juice as another example. One glass of orange juice has like uh, maybe 170 calories. That's equivalent to two and a half oranges mm. now I don't know about our listeners but I could easily consume one two maybe even two and a half uh, glasses of orange juice at one meal right. right you know but two and a half oranges I'd be pretty full after eating two and a half oranges right 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 so one on the one hand something that's very easy to consume like orange juice very nutritionally deficient on the other hand you got um, something that's gonna satiate you, keep you full for a long time, and it's very hard to overeat, right? And you could just go along the, just go down the line, donuts, right, muffins, all these things are highly processed, very easy to overconsume, very very high in calories. Um, so whereas in non-processed foods are typically they keep you full, and they make you full quicker and they're lowering calories. So if we're serious about weight loss, then we have to be very serious about processed food. Things that are coming in packages, in boxes, cans, and jars, and bottles, these types of things. So in summary, it's really easy to get lots of calories very quickly eating processed food. That's absolutely correct, mm-hmm. yes. So so that, so we should be severely restricting processed food. So what should we be eating then to replace that? Because processed food is such a big part of the standard American diet standard Canadian diet and we're in Canada yeah. Um, so what should we be putting in to replace the processed food that we'd be taking out yeah um, I, the, the diet that I think that I think science demonstrates to really promote a healthy weight is a whole foods plant based diet mm. so whole foods means non-processed Right, or at least something that you process yourself, but not from the companies, right? Yeah, not from the factories. Fresh fruits, fresh, fresh fruits vegetables, vegetables, grains. You cook it. Yeah. Or beans, you cook and eat it. Yeah. Nuts. You, exactly. Yeah. You get them raw, from the store, and you go cook it yourself. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that whole—that's what we we mean by whole. Then plant-based, obviously, foods that come from plants, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they've done studies where they demonstrated this uh, this type of eating to uh, promote weight loss. So, for instance, Doctor Turner McGrivey I believe she's in Australia and they did studies she compared omnivores, semi-vegetarians, pesco-vegetarians, uh just vegetarians, lacto-ovo vegetarians and then vegans, people who are fully plant-based. Mm-hmm. The ones who lost the low, least amount of weight was the omnivores, people who are eating anything, just no restrictions. Okay. The people who lost the most weight are the vegans, the fully plant-based uh people that are eating fully plant-based. So what is it about plant-based eating that kind of promotes this sort of effective weight loss I think the key Daniel is fiber fiber is the non digestible component of many plant foods and fiber helps people stay satiated which means to stay full it also delays gastric emptying and um, and intestinal absorption so when people eat a lot of fiber Uh, They usually stay full for longer. This means that they don't get hungry after two hours, right? It usually takes four, five, six, seven hours to get hungry, right? So it's hard to overeat on fiber. Uh, So I think fiber is one of the key components of plant-based foods that help people lose weight. Another component is that generally plant foods are actually lower in calories. Mm -hmm. Think about fruits, vegetables it's amazing how little calories vegetables actually have, you know? Uh, So vegetables are very low in calories, same with fruit. Um, So if we emphasize a lot of fruits and vegetables, these types of things, uh, it's very low in calories, very difficult to overeat and very hard to get extra calories if we eat them in the whole, whole form. Mm -hmm. So how much fiber do we need in a day? Roughly speaking, it's about 30 to 40 grams uh, per day is, is about optimal. And what would you say are some of the best plant-based sources for fiber? Well, most plant, whole plant foods are a great sources of fiber, but uh, we're looking at whole grains and beans in particular. Uh, one slice of whole grain bread has about 5 grams of fiber. Uh, if you eat two, two slices of whole grain bread, you get about 10 grams, which is pretty much one-third of the way there okay. of your full fiber needs. One cup of beans has about ten to fifteen grams of fiber, mm. which is almost half. Right. right, just by eating that. Right, right. Um, roughly speaking, but you know, if you have white bread, right, that has zero fiber. Uh, you need. You want to eat whole grains, beans, a lot of vegetables, and fruits have fiber as well. So most plant foods have a good amount of fiber if we stick to those foods. Uh, usually, you do not need to worry worry about your fiber intake. So when you make some rice, you put in some beans. You make a tortilla, put in some beans, and you're you're pretty good. Yeah. Then you have a large salad on the side. Right. And you're good to go for breakfast. Right. You have, I don't know, like you could say oatmeal, whole oatmeal, not the. Uh, I ref- I would suggest not eating the pre-made instant oatmeal. Yeah. But getting your oatmeal yourself and oats and making it yourself, then you add in some uh, raisins and nuts and mm-hmm. then you have a, f- a good fruit bowl on the side uh, that should easily be 15 to 20 grams of fiber just there uh, so it's not hard to get your fiber when you're sticking with whole plant foods that are not processed mm-hmm. and that's key because you can you can do really bad on a plant-based diet if it's all processed right right french fries are processed sure right um, so whole plant foods is what we're really looking at here uh, by the way, for our listeners, animal foods has zero fiber. So let's talk about low carb. I know that there's right now a a low carb trend that's going on. I think parallels with the uh, gluten free trend that's uh, that's becoming very popular. And a lot of people they talk about low carb for um for weight loss. So what are your thoughts on low carb? Because I think many plant based foods are have carbs. Right, or they're very, uh, carbs are a very important part of plant-based eating. Yeah, two things. Number one, uh, it is true that on a low-carb diet that people lose weight more quickly than on a low-fat diet. Uh, low-fat would typically be a, a vegetarian or a vegan diet. So it's true that when people go low-carbohydrates, uh, when they decrease the amount of, low, of carbohydrates, that they drop the weight faster. Mm. However, when scientists track these people over one, two years, the amount of weight loss actually, there's no difference. Mm. So long term? Long term, no difference. Mm, okay. So that brings to our second point. Low carb diets are usually high in meat. Right, because you have to replace the carb with something. Right, and that's right? going to be meat for most people. Right, right, right. Right. And meat has zero fiber, like I mentioned before. Right. And also, we know just from a chronic disease standpoint that animal foods are they promote inflammation in the body they're linked with so many of our chronic diseases heart disease type 2 diabetes cancer so we can't just get so fixated on weight loss that we forget about everything else right right, right? and uh, so if uh, if a plant-based diet as compared to a high meat diet if they ultimately on the in the long term can have similar effects they want to go for the healthier option mm-hmm. right which is a whole foods A whole plant-based food diet right so I I do not generally recommend a low carbohydrate diet Uh, I don't think it's it's really worth it now uh, people when people people experience some measure of benefit from a low carb diet I think uh, I think uh, a big part of that is because people when they go on low carb they get rid of all the bad carbs right so if you think of a lot of people who be motivated to go on a low carb diet people might who might be Overweight, right? People who might be sick. Why did they get sick in the first place? Why are they overweight? Could it be because at least part of the reason could be because they're eating bad carbs. What mm. it, what I mean by bad carbs is white bread, you know, white rice, refined pasta, muffins, mm. all these types of bad carb donuts. So obviously, if you go low carb, that means you're gonna cut off all these bad carbs. Who wouldn't feel benefit? Right, right. right? but is it really because you took off all the carbs or is it because you took off all the bad carbs? Right, right. It doesn't mean that you should take off all the good carbs as well, right? There are good carbs, Mm -hmm. you know? Generally speaking, there are some conditions obviously where you have to really limit your carbohydrates, but generally speaking, whole grains, uh, brown rice, uh, whole grain pasta, these things are good for you generally Uh, and they're high in fiber and um, these things I think are, are not unnecessarily, we don't have to necessarily take these off the, out of the diet. Great, so hey, let's talk about um, the number of meals. So I know that um, in the obesity space, there's conf- conflicting recommendations. I know some experts, they suggest multiple meals throughout the day, and I think the rationale behind that is you want to keep eating so that you don't get really, really hungry and then be tempted to kind of like splurge. And then there's other experts who recommend more of a limited number of meals, like three, two meals. So what are your thoughts on this number of meals that's effective for a healthy weight? Well, you know, uh, Dr. Koleova, she's a scientist who works, I believe, with uh, Dr. Neil Barnard. Yeah, at the Physicians Committee yeah. for Responsible Medicine. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Koleova, uh, she she and colleagues, they did a study where they compared exactly that. They put people on six meals per day. This was breakfast, lunch, and dinner with some snacks in between. Okay, so yeah. six meals. Yeah, they compared that to people on two meals per day. All right, two meals per day, and they tracked these people over several weeks. And um, what they found was that the actually the two meals per day group lost more weight, and also had a greater loss in their waist circumference as well Mm. so I don't think necessarily that that uh, more more meals is necessarily better it's very easy to overeat when you have more meals to be honest Uh, if you're eating whole foods plant-based the fiber keeps you full so you don't generally feel hungry as much and so actually two meals people do very well on the two meals. Mm-hmm. And whereas if you go six meals, I mean, it's f- so easy to overeat when you're eating six meals per day. Right. And so, that's our experience out, uh, at the clinic as well with our patients. They seem right. to be able to adopt uh, to at most maybe three meals, very small, third meal. It's not as hard, I would say, as, People might think, initially think it is. If you're going whole foods, plant-based. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're eating refined stuff and low fiber, lots of meat, then you're going to feel hungry, right? But yes, we've had great success in the clinic. People always say, you know, they, don't, they thought that they were going to be hungry. They thought that they were going to lack energy, but they don't. Mm. It's actually the opposite, mm. you know? So uh, it's, it's worth giving a try, I think, for most people. And uh, how, about some, how about meal times? Do they matter in terms of a healthy weight? It seems like it does. Uh, there's, a, there's a study that they did where they compared large breakfast with large dinner group. So the large breakfast group, they ate half their calories, about 700 calories at breakfast time. The other group ate 700 calories at dinner time. And then they tracked these people. What they found was that the large breakfast group, they lost about 19 pounds. And then the large dinner group, they lost about 8 pounds over several months. Very interestingly, the amount of ghrelin, so ghrelin is the hunger hormone, is the hormone that makes you hungry, was lower in the breakfast group. Mm. And satiety, so fullness, the feeling of fullness, was higher in the breakfast group. On the other hand, it's very, very interesting. They found that the large dinner group, they were constantly hungry, and they had very low satiety. They were not feeling full. Mm. It's very interesting and you have to understand these people they're on the same amount of calories mm, okay so it was, it was isocaloric exactly okay so, which is very interesting i think and one of the reasons because it seems like there's a circadian rhythm or circadian cycle to your even the way your hunger hormones are released and mm. it seems like when you put food in your system early between like six and nine o'clock that somehow that balances your hunger craving mechanisms and things in your body so um, it seems like people are better able to regulate their hunger when they eat a large dinner as compared to a large uh, sorry, when they eat a large breakfast as compared to a large dinner and you know, this kind of makes sense if you just, just kind of th- think about it logically right, you don't need a lot of energy at dinner time right, uh, you do need a lot, of, a lot of energy to fuel the rest of your day so it's better to eat a large breakfast mm-hmm. so so this is kind of interesting because, it, you know, the usually, I think for many families, the biggest meal is the dinner, the final meal. So we've kind of got it backwards. Yes, yeah, so we have so many things backwards in our society. <laughs> uh, and this is definitely one of them. Yes. A lot of people, they just, uh, their breakfast is coffee and donuts. Rushing out, yeah, just grab, grab the coffee exactly and donuts. Exactly, they eat yeah. that at 8. Granola no Yeah, exactly. They eat that at 8 and no wonder they get hungry by 11. Right. Right. Whereas mm. for people who are plant-based uh you we could eat at seven a good good plant-based high-fiber meal we're not hungry until one and two mm. you know so uh, with some lots of water in between you don't get hungry mm. right but if we if we if we really uh, uh skimp out on breakfast then we're gonna get hungry at 11 and then we we'll, we have to then eat lunch right after at, at like one o'clock Mm. And then we it it it, uh, it disturbs our digestion, and then just it's a whole slew of problems happen mm-hmm. from there on. Then we got we eat a large dinner, then we sleep on that dinner, and it doesn't digest properly. Then we don't then when we wake up, we don't feel hungry, and it's just a bad cycle. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating two meals a day, um, with maybe if you really have to, like maybe a smaller snack in the evening, like so what what's sort of the spacing of the meals. That you think would be most practical for most people you know um it seems like our digestion does better when our meals are separated five to six hours apart okay yeah so it seems like that's the amount of time that the food that the digestive system needs to get the food from the stomach to the small intestine into the large intestine right um uh, so that's the amount of time that you need when you put something else in before that time Generally speaking, uh, it seems to disturb digestion. Mm. So I would recommend people separating your meals by five to six hours apart. And for some people, they might, they might be hearing that and be like, "Wow, that that seems like a lot of time, right?" But try eating whole foods, plant-based, high in fiber, and um, with a lot of water in between, a good amount of water in between. And uh, I think most people will find that they actually do not get hungry. But it has to be whole foods, plant-based, high in fiber. Great. So in summary, um, basically, we're eating a whole foods, plant-based diet. So no animal foods. We're taking out the meat, the processed meat, dairy, egg, uh, and focusing on vegetables, the fruits, beans, whole grains, a little bit of nuts. Uh, So we're taking out the processed foods. That's right. um, And we're having a larger breakfast. um, uh, Then there's a, a second meal. If needed, a smaller little thing at dinner time. And we try to eat around twice a day uh, and maybe space your meals, say five, six hours.
1: That's correct. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, you know, so what, what would you say to people who say, well, you know, this is, can you really eat this way for the rest of your life? Because we're talking about a lifestyle approach. We're saying that, you know, you could live a lifestyle that promotes healthy weight. But what if somebody says, well, this is seems like a short-term thing too and not sustainable? Yes. Uh, actually, before I answer that, Dan, we also want to emphasize that even within whole foods plant-based, we want to emphasize a lot of fruits and vegetables and maybe less carbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, when you eat whole foods plant-based, if we just eat tons and tons and tons of carbs, right? that's probably not the best either. So lots of vegetables, lots of uh, fruit, I think is would be a good good thing to add as well but you know uh, going back to your question so um, this is this is a, a healthy eating pattern mm-hmm. you know uh, it's not it's not really a diet uh, many in, people, in the sense of like a weight loss diet the, yeah right? like exactly, short term yeah. I'm doing this just to lose weight now go back to my normal life in quotation marks this could be your normal life right that's that's absolutely correct right. uh, notice we did we didn't talk anything about restricting calories Mm. right we didn't mention any of that um so it's just taking bad food out of our diets and just spacing out our meals uh meals a little bit more and emphasizing certain meals over other meals particularly breakfast over dinner right in fact we didn't say that you can't eat we can't eat dinner we said if you are going to eat dinner keep it very very light Mm. right so uh it's this is a totally doable diet uh, there's many people who eat this way and with great success mm. this is not a diet in the sense of a short-term kind of a gimmick right or um, fad or a fad yeah mm. now it is a diet in terms that it will help many people lose weight mm-hmm. right but it is, it is a it is a lifestyle mm. it's a plant-based life lifestyle and uh, a way of eating that can be sustained for the rest uh, of your life now, of course, in the early going, it might be challenging because we have to get used to used to it, but it can definitely be something that you stay in for the rest of your life. We'll be getting enough calories because, like, like again, we didn't mention we mentioned nothing about restricting calories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you eat lots of fiber, lots of good uh, uh, plant uh, sources of protein, you will be satiated. That's right? what and so it kind of calories kind of. Tends to naturally go down. That's right. Right. Yes. The, the con- calorie content in most plant foods are lower. Yes. Right. And you get fuller. Mm-hmm. So it's better. It's easier to appetite control on a whole foods plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely correct. Yes. And, you know, just going back to several episodes ago, we talked about the longest living people. And one of the features is that they eat the vast majority of their foods uh, are, are from plant sources. They That's are very much a plant-based diet. That's right, the yeah. Okinawans, the Sancti Avenues and Loma Linda, a lot of these people, people, they eat mostly plant-based. Right. And the Sancti Avenues, many of them are eating fully plant-based, many of them are eating only two meals per day. So these people, and they live very healthy into their 100s, right. they're very sharp and vibrant. So this is definitely something that, that people can do. It may take some time in the early going. But it's something that you can definitely accomplish and keep for the rest of your life, and people will reap the health benefits. And, Daniel, I would like to add that people won't be nutritionally deficient either, Mm. because most plant foods are very high in nutrients. Right. Whereas processed foods are very deficient. Right. So, processed foods are horrible. You get low nutrients, but high calories, exactly what we do not want. And lots of inflammation. Lots of inflammation. Because of the processed. This is horrible. So, yeah. Um, so we have to severely restrict processed food, limit or get rid of animal foods completely. Stick with the whole foods, plant based diet, and uh, with the two meals, two main meals, breakfast and lunch, light, very 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 light dinner, mm-hmm. and uh, nothing in between your meals. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to add that you know eating plant based is, uh, is becoming very popular right now. There's an explosion among especially young people, millennials. And there's so many cookbooks and resources that you can really use to make plant-based eating really, really enjoyable and palatable. It's, it really it's not bland as some people might think it is. It's, it's just amazing what you can do with plant-based foods. The flexibility, the versatility, um, it really is a lifestyle, a way of eating that you can truly do for the rest of your life yeah the, the youtube channels are numerous right. um and uh plant-based foods it tastes amazing right, right? Uh, it tastes absolutely amazing when done right um and some people think it's really expensive it it's actually not um, yeah i think that's one of the biggest that's myths a about myth. plant-based I mean, eating. That's a, yeah oh, that's a tremendous myth if you try to get everything organic then maybe it, it is but mm. we should do an episode on that yeah we should um it's a myth that somehow super expensive it's not that's false so um, uh, it's totally totally doable in our next episode we're going to talk about physical activity and also we're going to look at something called the weight control registry where they've been tracking people who've been very successful in long term weight loss and we're going to look at what are the things they did to achieve success so we hope that you will tune in for that please share uh, this episode end this podcast with friends and family who you think could benefit from the simple yet powerful principles of lifestyle medicine so you've been listening to the lifestyle is medicine podcast thank you so much for listening we hope you'll join us next time